What's up, y'all? We're back. It's SSPN, and this is actually the first episode where we've had a guest on. Obviously, y'all know me. I'm Jude. That's e- Oh, wait, no. That's Other Ethan. There, we, there go. we go. And then down here is our man, Nathan. <laughs> so used Gingy, to doing it one way. <laughs> right. <laughs> on YouTube. Um, and you may not know of Nathan, but he's been in our chat recently. And, you know, obviously anybody like we've told you all this and he really acted on it. He just sent me a DM. We've said at the end of episodes and stuff before, like, hey, if you guys want to come on, if you're trying to build a little channel like Nathan has, he's got some it, it may not have like that many views or whatever, but there is some great content out there on YouTube that may not be explored um, without stuff like this. So please reach out, even if you're not a YouTuber, if you just want to come on the show, like we'd love to Mm -hmm. have you. Um, And yeah, Nathan, uh, we're excited to have you on and we're excited to have, you know, a little bit of other kind of NBA discussions because we know you're not, obviously you're a big Spurs fan as well, but we know that your channel is not just about that. So we're excited to have some, some different perspectives on really for the first time. Yeah. Um, so for people that obviously know SSPN and don't know me, um, I have my own channel as well. It's called Gingy, uh, because I'm ginger, you know, red hair type thing. Um, and then my, I also have a basketball podcast, uh, that's a pun off my own name. It's called Nathan, but net, uh, like nothing but net. And, uh, whenever the season is an off season, like I know Jude and Ethan are doing the podcast right now during off season, I have started uh, something else that is shorter, uh, more scripted and about a specific topic type of videos, kind of like Jimmy High Roller or Motown Noah, if you know them. And they're about a specific topic. And I reached out to Jude. I was like, hey, I really like your your uh, you guys's content. And uh, I I also said whenever I DM'd him, I was like, I don't want to sound like a spam or a bot because you guys probably get a lot of that. But <laughs> um, we don't. I, we yeah, don't. no. I wish. <laughs> I I basically asked him, hey guys, I like your content. I do a podcast as well. Is it cool if I come on your podcast and we kind of hang out? And then I sent him one of my videos so he could get an idea of of what I was into. And it actually happened to be a video about Joshua Primo, uh, and you know, this podcast is about the Spurs. So it, it kind of worked. So, yeah. And that Josh Primo video, if you guys want a deeper dive on Josh Primo, go check out Nathan's video. It's a really good, um, you know, I think it's around like seven minutes, but it's just a really yeah. good in-depth look um, on Josh Primo and kind of what he was at Alabama, what he could be potentially going forward, because he was the big question mark, the big unknown in the draft. So if you want some more information, you really did a great job on that. I mean, it felt like one of those, I don't even know how to describe it, but just Mm. those voiceover videos, it was just really well done. And it it was some, I mean, it was, it was some professional work and I mean that genuinely. So y'all go check that out. I just want to say, by the way, if I'm looking down for, I, I just want to say this for the viewers. If I'm looking down, it's because Jude, Jude and Ethan are right here, and my webcam's up here. So, <laughs> no worries, brother. No worries. Uh, you want to jump right into the questions, Jude? I got a few. Yes, for sir. Them. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. First of all, Nathan, uh, where are you from, man? I actually don't know. So I'm actually from New Braunfels. That's why, like, um, uh, I know y'all are kind of from like the San Marcos area. And I was actually surprised that y'all like y'all are so close to me uh, because New Braunfels is kind of getting bigger lately. So people may know about it. Um, it's got the two rivers and Slitterbond and everything. And I've, I've said this on uh, my podcast multiple times that I'm from New Braunfels. So it's not like this is new information, 
Um, and being like 30 minutes ish from the Alamo Dome, obviously you got to root for the home team. Uh, so just grew up with San Antonio, grew up with the Spurs, grew up with the big three, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, my parents were, were really into football, but I could never really get into football. I always preferred basketball. And so, you know, now I'm doing a basketball podcast. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, so you, um, you said you were from New Braunfels. So how long have you followed the NBA? Um, it depends on what you define as follow the NBA. Like I've always watched the games because again, like football, football is the big sport in America. I, I guess that's fair enough to say um, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely like, the biggest sport in the country. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody used to thought it would think it was baseball like a while back, but it's like, nah, everybody's watching like Sunday night. Um, but I, again, I could never really get into football. But if there was a Spurs game on, uh, ever since I was like young, um, call it eight years old, maybe whenever I was able to comprehend what t- like TV was, uh, I would watch this the the Spurs games, and uh, I I didn't really get like super analytical about it, like looking at the stats and stuff like I I do now, but I would still watch it, and then sort of towards the end of high school, like, um, junior, senior year, um, I started to get into like the stats and everything. And one reason for that, or two reasons for that, I guess, is because I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I'm a computer science major. So you kind of look at like math a lot. And so I was like, you know, there's a lot of math behind basketball, believe it or not, obviously. And also like, not to get like super deep and personal, but I still hadn't like, even the later years of high school, I still hadn't found my thing. Like I was just kind of known as like the band kid. And I was like, I want to do something other than band. And so like, I, I guess I compensate compensated the band nerd, uh, ness with something athletic, which is basketball. Um, and so I started getting uh, way more into the NBA, watching it way more closely, watching, you know, the trades, free agency, watching the stats, you know, uh, trying to keep up with like every detail so that I could commentate over it. So that's sick, man. So, so you started following, uh, what, what year would that have been toward the end of high school? Junior or senior year. So, I'm 19 now, been graduated for two years, 16 or 17. Okay, so you whenever I started getting into like hardcore, but I've been watching since I was young. So gotcha. So so you caught the tail end of that all the Kawhi drama and the arrival of Demar. That's when you were really into it. Yeah, like I literally jumped on, like I I jumped on like when Kawhi got traded, like literally, and then like I watched Kawhi like win the championship with Toronto, and then (laughs) the worst time to just get into San Antonio's first basketball. Well, I mean like everybody knows the big three so it's not like yeah. i was jumping in like not knowing spurs or not no no for, i get you but i get you i get you 100 i'm just yeah, kidding. all yeah, of a sudden yeah. you're like i'm gonna be super analytical <laughs> yeah. start a podcast and then like like I'm, this is gonna be perfect we have the best 
for best franchise in the league. And then yeah, exactly. Goes, Time to get into the Spurs. Oh, we just lost our best player. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Judah. I, I'm, the rest of my questions are pretty much about you know this current season and moving forward. So, do you have anything preliminary that you'd like to get out? Well, I'm just kind of curious for you, Nathan, like who is the player since you kind of came in around that time? I mean, obviously Tim is kind of the main answer that probably people would think of, but from like the teams that you've really been like into and watching, what's like the player that you've kind of felt attached to the most? Like what, which player do you feel like is kind of the most, like, I guess Spurs, like, I don't know if that makes sense, but. So. I'm confused by the question. Are you asking who I've been most entertained by or who do I think would be the best fit for the Spurs? Cause you said, who's the most Spurs. Yeah. Like, I guess when I mean that, like, who do you think is going to like, who is going to stick around who really like kind of been bought? Like when you think of the Spurs, like, you know how, like when you th- thought of Tim, Tim Duncan, you thought oh, of so the you're... Spurs. So who on the roster right now, like, would you say makes you think of the Spurs the most when you think of them? Oh, so kind of like, who's who's the head of the franchise almost not necessarily just like who you associate personally oh, watching okay. so like who I, have you grown the most attached to sorry, since sorry. you started watching you're good you're good um i thought <laughs> you were you. saying who i think the biggest spur is but yeah. personally um i mean not to not to repeat what y'all have said on the show a million times but it's gotta probably be Keldon johnson i mean he's he's went to the usa with pop he he's won a gold medal you know and uh again you you said like when you think of tim duncan you think of the spurs i think one reason for that was the leadership that tim duncan showed and the sportsmanship the the teamwork that uh tim duncan showed and uh i actually had that as one of my questions is like who do you think would be uh the next leader and I I could easily see it being Kilden just because, again, you go back to the the USA and it's like um, whenever you're put on something that is more than just your team, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. When you're put in a situation where you have to play with people from other teams, um, not necessarily like the all-star uh, because that's not a good example. So maybe the Olympics is the best example of this when you you have to realize what people's talents are and then work around it and sort of adapt to people to other people and i think that's a great attribute for a leader is saying and that's why pop is such a great coach is saying okay these are these people's strengths how can i help with their strengths and sort of help them uh in, in order for them to to help me to do these great things and i think kilden has has done that very well and so whenever i think of the spurs i think of kilden johnson so mm. yeah hey somebody just gave you a shout out in the comments right now jumped into the team at the worst time that says a lot <laughs> yeah. that you're a true spirit. so hey shout out to alexander you're always in here yes. but you know let's kind of jump in you were talking about after that we we're going to jump in to the questions about this season and i think Tavarius makes a good point we have too many guys on the roster. We're sending about ha- out happy birthday tweets for Alfaruk Aminu. Who gets yeah. cut? <laughs> um, it's a hard question because we have like a bunch of stuff. It is a, a bunch of people question. in the G League. I know I don't want to seem like a fake fan right now, but I'm gonna look up the roster just because no, no, I, I don't want to forget somebody. You know what I mean? Like I could easily just try and do it off the top of my head, and then somebody's like. 
oh, you forgot about like Doug McDermott, and it's like, yeah. well, it's the like, majority of I our rosters knew, to be you know? fair. Yeah. At the same time, so it's it's not like these past like three yeah. years where it was like we knew, you know, yeah. Patty, Rudy, Demar. You had Bryn there for a little um, bit. Now he's back. Okay, we got Yay. Zach Collins. It's his revenge tour. Yes, Bryn Forbes um, revenge tour. I could easily see, even though we literally just got him from a trade, I think we could easily see Thad Young leaving again on another trade. Um, not necessarily this season, but if we're talking about like X amount of years from now, like if whenever you say who gets cut, I'm not necessarily thinking this year. I'm thinking who gets cut first, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, so I would see who gets cut first, probably Thad Young, but maybe. Well, so not what do you mean season. by that? Cause, cause this, cause this year, like we have right now, we have 17 people on the roster. Um, you know That's I, true. You can also send some people to G League, though. Uh, so, do you count that as cut? Well, or we've already we've already sent Joe Wieskamp to the G League. Yeah, he's on exactly. a two way deal, and we Wieskamp's still have G League. Yeah, we so still we have so we still have seventeen after putting Wieskamp in the G League. Okay, so a lot of people are going to maybe disagree with this. I don't really like. Jacob Patel. So, well, <laughs> Jacob it's Patel. Jacob is it? it <laughs> I mean, I pronounce his name wrong. I pronounce a bunch oh, of his name good. wrong. Oh, you're good. You're good. But um, he's Austrian, so it's Jakob. <laughs> yeah, Jakob. You're gonna I, cut Jakob? <laughs> I I said I said a lot of people don't agree with it, but yeah. we, we're getting more forwards now, and I've been going to the Spurs games and, uh. I don't know what to say, man. It's like, Jakob, I mean, he's soft. I get, I get that he's yeah. soft in the paint sometimes, but we, we don't have anybody else who's going to be able to replace him. You yeah, best the only. But thing. I think we can. I think we can in the future. Uh, see, Tavares agrees with me. Okay, I didn't want to sound dumb. No, you're you're not dumb <laughs> in the sense that Jakob's definitely not the center of the future. I, I yes, was gonna yeah. say. I was just gonna say, like, whenever I went to the Spurs games, okay, I I was watching the Spurs games in person. I wanted to see, like, what each player was really good at, what each player was really bad at. I wasn't just keeping up with the score. Again, I wanted to analyze people. And from what I saw, again, you said he's kind of soft, and it was like every other play they were giving Jakob the ball, he was turning it over. Like, Jakob was very bad at turnovers and... Something that we really need to work on as uh, as the Spurs, I feel like, is maintaining possessions. Because we have a lot of turnovers, we aren't winning the rebound battle, uh, you know, because of the whole big man situation. And it's like, uh, we can get more steals with some of our, I, I feel like we can get more steals with some of our younger guys. I feel like getting possessions is something we really need to work on. And if some players are turning it over, you know, however many times a game, you know, that's not really going to help. So Eubanks is undersized. Um, I think Eubanks. Uh, I think Eubanks will be. He he is undersized, but I think he'll be good uh, for the Spurs. Tavarius, and then uh, is that Desiree said cut Bryn. I know y'all talked about that a lot on the podcast the last episode. He, he's yeah, not but, but but he's not one. We can't cut him because that's just yeah. like a signing rule. So yeah, he's not going anywhere. And hey, man. T- 
Tavares Eubanks was dunking on somebody in practice who was, yeah, it was either Zach Collins or Jock Landale today on a putback. Have you? And also there were the new pictures that came out with them. And Eubanks looks like 6'10 next to Zach. I mean, he he looks just as tall as Zach Collins and those guys in the in the new Spurs Instagram pictures. So, I mean, and hey, like men grow until they're 25. We've seen it with Anthony Davis. I think that Eubanks might have just caught a couple inches. I mean, again, not to go about, not to talk about it, uh, like a team that is in the Spurs, but think about Giannis. You could look at literally any news cast the year he was drafted. Oh, he's too small. He's too skinny. He's too undersized. Look at the man now. He is a finals MVP. And now every sports cast is saying the absolute opposite, where they're saying he has the mentality of Kobe and the strength of Shaq. And it's like you were saying the exact opposite just a couple years ago. I could easily see Eubanks because uh, do y'all follow the Spurs on Instagram? I'm sure you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did, uh, what was it, Workout Wednesday? Did you see Eubanks? Eubanks was setting up screens and like three of our guys like ran into him. Like he was, he's like brick wall, you know? He's yoked. So, yeah. And and I still think that the one thing that will really help with Eubanks is is if he can get any sort of just improvement on that, on outside shooting, that would be huge. And so I agree with this to various, he can't stop Embiid, Gobert, AD, but neither can Jakob, neither can anybody on our roster and neither can on most centers. I feel like in the league. So that's the only thing that I would say there, but we do. But the thing is though, this is another, the Spurs have only really had success when they have a big that can go toe to toe with these guys. So I think that's a great point as well, but we've got some other questions that are getting some, uh, some popular stuff so we're trying to keep up with all of them um but here's the next one and i think this is this is obviously like you know there's a lot of unpredictable factors that go into this question but just for the sake of this and you know uh uh abiding by the chat as always that's what we try to do on the show um let's answer this question guys so uh Ethan, you want to roll first? I can roll first. Who anybody yeah. anybody want to take a shot at this? One? I'm I'm gonna go off what y'all say. So I'll go first, um, just to minimize all the yeah. silence that we have in yeah. this podcast. Uh, so predict the Spurs and what seed they're going to land. I think that their season will not be as bad as most people envision it being. I know we lost Demar Derozan, our highest uh, points per game guy, and our best passer as far as playmaking and assists go statistically. Um, but at the same time, we improved in a lot of categories like shooting. Uh, and I think perimeter defense improved a little bit as well. And just another year under the belt for all these guys. I love our young core playing together. The chemistry is going to be better. So uh, switching and all that kind of thing on defense is going to naturally just get a lot better. Even if players aren't better defenders individually, team defense should get better. Um, if we can maintain our, our, our low turnover rate that we had last season, uh, and just improve, I think, where uh, defensively and as well as shooting from the perimeter. I think we can win. I don't like guessing wins because that never really equates to seeding. Yeah. So seeding, I'm going to say around 10 or 9. I think we're in that play-in range. Um, but at the same time, a lot of teams got better in the West. So we could very well drop to 11 or 12 because the Timberwolves are kind of coming up. Uh, I know we say that a lot every season because they've had some great young players, but they have Cat coming back healthy. 
D'Lo coming back healthy and an even better Anthony Edwards. That looks scary. Um, so you never know what could happen. Um, but if I had to guess today, I'm, I'm going to go with the 10th seed. Yeah, that's what I would say as well. I just don't, I don't really see, um, you know, without really like a, we, we don't have a su- superstar yet. So there's really not playoff contention is kind of just out of, out of the question whenever it comes to the West with just how stacked it is. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this season, but definitely I would say like nine, 10 seed at best. If there's some injury bugs that happen again, it could be even lower than that. Um, I think that our ceiling, if things were to just go perfectly for the Spurs, I would say that our ceiling is the seventh seed. And I still think that that's a little high, but I'm going to say that just in the case that like guys like Keldon Johnson makes a big jump. Lonnie comes out of nowhere, makes a big jump. Like that would be in the case that like everybody on the roster like gets better um, and plays to like their not maybe their full potential, but like their full potential, like at their age that they could be playing. And as we saw last year, that wasn't the case. So that's probably not going to happen. But if everything were to go well, that would be the highest they could say. But like I said, I'm with Ethan. I'm going to go with 10, not nine, 10. So, yeah. Um, I mean, not to just seem like I'm repeating you guys, but uh, I got to I got to go with 10 again. I mean, um we we've sort of been at this 10 line for a couple years now unfortunately and um that was kind of where the uh 76ers were before they started the process as well where the gm said hey we aren't great but we aren't bad enough to get draft picks either we're sort of in neutral the entire season and um i feel like we're kind of the the same way right now with the spurs like, I'm not saying the Spurs are bad, but again, they aren't going to get one of those top playoff spots yet because we're sort of just cruising and we need something that will increase us to that next level. And I feel like Pop could easily, not this season, but working throughout like the next few seasons. And my cat just walked in my room, so my door's open. I'm going to go close that after I finish what I'm saying. <laughs> um, uh, I, I feel like Pop, seeing what he saw and you you uh at seeing what he saw with team usa sorry trying to gather my words um could pull keldon aside and work on his leadership and because that is something that i don't know if y'all want to talk about um team chemistry gets underrated so much in these recent years like people are like immediately let you know let's get these players together let's get these players together trying to build a super team and they never really consider team chemistry and i think that's something that if we were ranking that on a stat sheet spurs are number one and that is that's one reason that tim duncan tony parker and manu ginobili work so well uh together i don't know if y'all saw on the spurs youtube page but they got pop and the big three together to talk about their championships And Pop said, uh, there was a quote in there, like right at the very beginning, Pop was like, y'all enjoy each other on and off the court. Like y'all genuinely like hanging out with each other. Um, And you look at the Spurs Instagram and they're, they're hanging out like in the city and like, you know, like hanging out, like they're a group of like college. And Manu Manu was there too. Yeah. And like it, it, it's like they're hanging out like a group of like college friends. And that's something I like to see. Cause it's like, you need to build a 
team chemistry, and that's something the Spurs are really good at. Because, uh, uh, again, you look at another non-Spurs example. The Lakers almost put Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook on the same team. It's like, could you imagine that? Like, I don't know if y'all know the history behind that, but it's like, yeah, really, guys? And that that almost was a trade that happened. It's like, how unimportant is team chemistry to these GMs now? Anyway, I'll leave you with that uh, conversation, and I'm going to close my door real quick. <laughs> Dude, when, when his door opened, I was like, there's nobody there. I was like, what's happening? Is there a ghost? That's what I thought. But, um... Yeah, we get, Anyways, we get really into the uh, into the ghost stories here on SSPN. Yes, it's our, yes. It's our big the twenty thing. the twenty four minute mark goes dummy whenever it comes to ghosts. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyways, I just jumped in for that last part, the twenty four minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dylan in the chat, we appreciate you, my guy. You're usually in here. So, what do you guys think about getting Kevin Love and a first round pick for Aminu, Thaddeus Young, and someone else to make the money right? So. There was actually already a little bit of a response here in the comments. Tavarius said no to Love because he was injury prone, and I respect that. I respect not wanting Kevin Love because of his massive contract and the fact that after the NBA did the height thing, he's actually only 6'8", not 6'10". Um, but uh, the response from that was Dylan was saying that he was thinking of getting Love to clear some roster space because it would just be taking one player back and we could get another pick and it would also be able to make the money work, like he says here. So what do you think of that, Ethan? You seem intrigued. I am intrigued, and I would say pull the trigger very quickly. Uh, however, Kevin loves contract. He's not unrestricted free agent until 2023. So we'd not we'd have his contract for two years. So if we only had to eat it for this season, I'd say do it. Because like, you, like uh, Dylan said, we get that first-round pick. Uh, Aminu and Young aren't in our long-term plans anyway. And honestly, it would let Luka Samanich and Jock Landale and Drew Eubanks get more minutes because Kevin Love is pretty much on the downturn. I think we all can agree. So he's probably yeah. not going to take as many minutes away from those guys as a Young or a Minu might. Um, or maybe not a Minu, but a Young will. He will take minutes away from those guys. Um, so I would say pull the trigger. But... I'm going to say no only because I don't want to have his contract going in the next off season. Nathan, you got anything, any thoughts on this? Um, one? I agree with both what Ethan said. And I think it was Tavarius said it right. Uh, Kevin love, um, you know, he's, he's, he's reached his peak already and he's, he's kind of like coming down. Um, I, I, I would trade Aminu and young if we could, but not necessarily for Kevin love. And first, uh, first round pick, absolutely. I have a not to like pit my own stuff. I don't want to seem like a self promoter, but it's like coincidental. <laughs> I have go a, for it, man. <laughs> I have a video that's gonna come out. It, it should come out next week on um, the draft picks, uh, like the the next year's draft class. And I don't know how how close y'all have uh, y'all have watched that, but the draft class for next year we're constantly saying you know the spurs need uh some more height like half of the maybe even more than half of uh because again it's always changing mock drafts this early um but the majority from what i've seen so far is power forwards centers small forwards etc in this draft class and then you obviously 
say somehow we get the number one or number two lottery pick, uh, you have people like Chet Holmgren, uh, Paolo Banchero, um, you have uh, Nikola Jovic, not to be confused with Jokic, but um, I mean, you have these great big men that are going to be available for draft uh, next season. And I, I know that if we get another big man, that would um, again become a question that we are already discussing this season, which is, all right, who gets the minutes now? But I, I really think we could uh, could use these um, uh, a draft pick for some of these guys in the next draft. Yeah, that, I mean, having an extra draft pick is always good. We saw that, I mean, even in the Kawhi Leonard trade, if we didn't get that, Kelvin Johnson wouldn't be on the roster. Yeah. Um, but going back to Dylan's question, um, I guess once again, my thing, not even I guess, I'm with Ethan on this. If it was just this first year like just a one year where it was just expiring then it wouldn't make a difference to me because it's like okay yeah. well we're basically already paying thad and aminu the same amount um yeah but when you factor in the fact that lonnie is going to be a restricted free agent this summer i believe he actually might be unrestricted i don't i don't i think it's i'm pretty sure he's restricted but I point is right we now. may we may have to we're, we're gonna have to do some free agency stuff with lonnie walker his rookie contract is nearing its end and it's now going to be that portion so if he were to come out and have just like a breakout year and then you trade for kevin love um you may not have the money to pay him and kind of the whole point of getting rid of damar and getting rid of rudy and getting rid of patty is not only was yes we weren't winning a title but also we need to see what we have in these young guys as their contract expires um because they haven't had that opportunity and it's so once again, if we trade for Kevin Love, that that wouldn't necessarily be taking the opportunity away, but mm-hmm. the cap space that we may want to potentially spend somewhere else, we wouldn't have it to spend it if we committed yeah. to two years of $36 million or <laughs> however much it is. Um, I literally, Dylan oh, does say, bad. though, that uh, Walker does have bird rights, and that's a fact. Um and they can sign him if they want. So yeah, and he is he is a restricted. And so bird rights is an important thing because that means that we actually could sign him to go over the cap. But then you have the question of Kelvin Johnson coming up in the future, and um, that is where things get tricky. Although yeah. technically Kevin Love would be off the the works, but I don't think you want to be paying that. I, I don't know. That's just me trying to be monetarily, you know, as nice as possible. But as we know in the NBA you know, uh, the best teams are paying the luxury tax. So yeah. anyways, uh, Tavarius, I just want to say you're awesome, man. Cause literally I looked it up and I came back and I was about to say, Oh, he's a restricted free agent. And then I look in the chat and Tavarius says it immediately as I was about to. So, yeah. So here's one from Ethan. Um, need a dynamic player in next year's draft, preferably a big could see us packaging a player and a pick to trade up. What do you guys think of this? I feel like uh, this uh, this could happen, but I feel like we got to see the season first before mm-hmm. we can like concretely say, you know, really talk about this. You I agree with you, Ethan. Yeah, sorry, y'all froze oh, yeah. for a second, so I hesitated yeah. to talk. But, <laughs> oh, okay, uh, I agree with you, Jude. If I were the GM, I would absolutely say that this was on the table. However, I'm going to go with my old faithful hypothesis, which is that the Spurs will do nothing on draft night other (laughs) than draft the player they have with whatever pick they may have. 
Um, and that very well could be a top pick. It could be a top five pick. You know, we, we, we want them to be the 10th seed. We think that that's where they might be. But at the same time, this could take a really bad turn for the worse because we just lost three of our best players offensively and we added a bunch of pieces. So chemistry may even go negative. You know, this is worst case scenario. This could be DeJounte versus the world season where he's just angry all the time because the <laughs> yep. off the offense sucks and he's just him fighting james harden every other game puts on or, the Thanos yeah, glove i, I think do that, it myself I, that's what i want that's what i want i want Dejounte murray fighting every point guard he plays every game and and we lose by 30 but he goes for like 40 <laughs> yeah 100 so Dude. i do agree with him saying though that we need a dynamic player um, and if in I had to pick one today, I would say Victor Wimbayama. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. I could be wrong. He's a Frenchman. We have good luck with Frenchmen uh, in the past. And he's a big guy. I think he's already seven feet tall, but he's one of those like demigod bills that you'd find in 2K. Like he could do anything on the court, but he's about, he's like super long, looks like Slenderman. If he gets a little bit of muscle on him, he could be like the next franchise player for the Spurs, like 100%. You know, and and that's the same thing. You know, I'm looking at this and I'm realizing, like, this is this is Lucas Samanich. This is that's who Ethan's asking for, and so we not not Ethan Quintero, Ethan Longoria, um, but that that's just what he's asking for. And so I really I'm gonna give Luca one one last year. Like this is it. If you suck this year, if you look like deer in the headlights, um, you're still better at basketball than me, but. I don't know if you're in the Spurs future plans. Um, so I'm going to give him one more year. And luckily, if it doesn't work out, we'll probably have a higher draft pick where we could get more of a sure thing version of him, you know. Um, so I'm not sure what y'all, y'all's guys thoughts are on that. I know that there's still potential on Luca, but Ethan, I know we've talked about this a little bit, but but would you say that you feel like this is kind of his year like to prove like, like if he has another bad season where he just looks like when they put him in and he can't stay on the floor where Pop just has to pull him, like, do you think that that's just the end of him? Yes, I do. But I do want to say, I I think that Luka Samanich, um, I mean, I can't speak for certain because I'm not in the coaching staff. I'm yeah. not in the practices and all that stuff. But from what I saw from him when he was actually on the court, I never thought he was that bad. Like I never, I never thought it was warranted for Pop to pull him. I mean, clearly, clearly Pop knows more about the offense than I do and the defense and all that jazz. But I thought he looked really good, especially on the defensive end, as far as help defense goes and rotating. Um, I, I think what we would just want him to do is become that. I don't want to compare. He's not like him, but Kristaps Porzingis, what he was able to do in New York in his early years, being that. Um, you know, slender power forward that could shoot from the outside as well as play in the post. His offensive game just has not shown. And part of that is because of his inconsistent minutes. So if we give him consistent minutes this year, Jude, then 100%, if he doesn't prove that he is, you know, worth that 19th overall pick, then he's a gone, he's a goner for sure. Um, But I, I, I tend to lean more on the side of he will, he will play well this season then he will play poorly gotcha nathan what do you think um so i'm not gonna lie i kind of blinked out because i was looking at Tavarius's question uh, i was thinking about future questions uh, but i i did catch what ethan was saying and i wholeheartedly agree i think there's more positive to negative of luca uh i mean you look at what he was doing in the g league he's uh he may be a big guy 
uh, per se, but he he's shooting from beyond the arc. And uh, again, we uh, we talk about you know the the workout videos, him and Eubanks. As people, uh, a lot of people say, oh, they can't play the five. You know, they're too soft or they're undersized for the five. But they're doing these things in practice that it's like, uh, you know, I, they could. Uh, they just need, you know, a little bit of an extra push. And, um, you again, you look at other teams, uh, you look at Giannis, like, I can't tell you how much hate like uh mike budenhoser was getting during the finals well i was looking at like um nba like uh well i was like looking at nba news he was getting hate uh, how, before the finals. how many well yeah but like uh well for the same reason it was like um i can't tell you how many people were like dude just put portis in at the four and move Giannis to the five like so many people were saying that about the bucks they were like i know Giannis is a power forward but he can play the five and uh, i'm not saying that like luca's the next Giannis, but at the same time i feel like it's the same situation where it's like he may be a four in height but if he gets the extra push he could play the five um he just needs to you know, work on a few things that, you know, we've already been talked about like a, a million times across NBA, YouTube and uh, everything. So. Yeah, I think that Luca, Luca has definitely shown um, some post game, especially in the G League. And I thought that Dylan made a great point in the chat while we were all talking about that. Um, Luca did not look he said Luca did not look bad last year after the G League. He looked solid. Um, and so. What I would say is there were definitely still some times at the beginning of the year where he came in and it was just like, oh, he doesn't know how to rotate. Um, yeah. But <laughs> like uh, and, and that's look, it, it's a very different game from Europe. And he's still very young. Like he's you know, he had to come in and learn American basketball. Right. Like it's, mm -hmm. it, he's still adjusting. But after he came yeah. back from the G League, I just because, you know, over this crazy offseason, you just forget things sometimes. And when he said that in the comments, I was thinking, yeah, there were there were some games after he came back from the G League later in the season where he did look pretty good. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but there were some stretches like in games where he would come in and he would look comfortable. But it was like once he got uncomfortable, his confidence was shot and he couldn't stay on the floor. So I think mm -hmm. him just like realizing that he can make mistakes and like Greg Popovich, like he's not feeling just his weight every second he's on the floor. Um, hopefully should help. Um, but we've also got some other questions also from Dylan. So once again, appreciate you for being yeah. in here. Oh, and I want to get to Eric's comment as well. So he said at Jude with the Kawhi situation, if that wouldn't have happened when he got hurt, I wouldn't think that the Spurs would be in as bad of a situation yeah. uh, as they were in. That's absolutely true. Obviously. Yeah. If that doesn't happen with Kawhi, I mean, even if he leaves like the Spurs, maybe win the finals that year yeah. even if they don't they play a really competitive series with the warriors and then it's like the spurs know what's happening and they can move forward instead of it being like oh all of a sudden Kawhi doesn't want to play for us and it's like we're making this trade you know in july um or whenever they made it i mean i don't know maybe they would have made it at the same time but moving on to some other questions yeah. and back to this year I, I just I just want to say Go real ahead. quick, uh, got got a secret for your viewers that may come over to my channel. 
uh starting a new series called nba what if what ifs like marvel what ifs first one on the list what if Kawhi never got injured so there you go might want to check that out yeah that sounds like that would be really cool to to do and i've seen some other guys like mike corzimba and you know all the big nba guys they've made some what ifs or that are really yeah cool. exactly so definitely go check he out plays, Shinji yeah. once again but here is dylan's comment who plays more uh dejounte murray or Derek white um or oh no not dejounte murray lonnie walker or Derek white walker is usually in pop's doghouse and white is usually injured okay well yeah. i think that while white was usually injured last year and he's had some injuries in the past it really feels like a lot of knickknack stuff to me i could be proven wrong this year if he's once again injury prone but i'm just gonna it really feels like a series of bad luck because remember a lot of this year was because he was out due to covid too that's another thing that gets forgotten that was Keldon also i mean that was just i mean if you want to talk about what ifs go back what if the san antonio spurs don't get COVID after the Charlotte Hornets game. <laughs> and like, I, I you know, I, that they were on a roll then. I mean, obviously at the end of the season, I don't really think it would have changed things at the end of the day, but they were, they, I think they probably would have won a couple more games just because of the momentum that they had built up then. But I would say definitely Derek White. Um, but then again, that, that depends on his health. If they're healthy, I think Derek White's got a four year, $70 million contract and Lonnie's still on his rookie deal. It's going to be Derek White. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with Derek White because I, because of what you said about his injuries last year being very tic-tac-y, and I don't think that's going to follow him going into this season. Fingers crossed, knocking on wood. But at the same time, I think the margin between him and Lonnie Walker will be pretty small. I don't think it's going to be like Derek with 30 and then Lonnie with 10. It's going to be more like 28, 25, probably, something like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, moving on here. Luca could be a more versatile Davis Bertans. The skills are there, but the confidence and playing time aren't. I think that's a good way to kind of sum up Luca Samanich, to be honest, because mm. it, the one thing that we have probably the most that we've seen from him on an NBA floor, um, I know he's missed some shots, but him being a spot up shooter, he seems like a guy when you just watch his film, he's somebody who can be that for them. Um, I don't know if he can be a sniper per se, but he can definitely be a like like he says a more versatile Davis Bertans but when you get more versatile you know you're not just elite at one skill so the shooting takes a little bit of a dip it's like if you're building your my player and you know you you increase their wingspan and then their shooting goes down that's kind of what it's like with Luca so he won't be as elite of a Davis Bertans shooter but I think that he can be a stretch for um that's more versatile than Davis for sure I agree, but be on the lookout this season for Luca if his confidence increases, which I hope it does. He's got a lot of slasher potential, like underrated ability to get to the basket. I don't know if his low post game is going to be like crisp and he's just all of a sudden the Kevin McHale of yeah. 2021, but I, but he can get, he can take you off the dribble and get to the cut. basket pretty That's an yeah. underrated skill. Yeah, not a lot of people talk about that. We talk about his ability to shoot the ball, but he can he can get to the rack with the best of them. Mm. So another thing I'm seeing in the comments, Nathan, and I want to ask you about this because we've had this conversation. This has been probably one of the bigger conversations that we've had on the show, and it all started with Keldon Johnson and him or us thinking that he should play the three instead of the four. And obviously I know that the Spurs were in, you know, injuries, just the way that it, they wanted to try small ball. It looked good in the bubble. And then 
we saw the issues that it presented this past year, at least from our perspective. Um, and Tavarius thinks that Luca at the four, no McDermott or Thad at that spot. Um, so I guess Tavarius would be cool with rolling with Thad at the center position. Um, but like guys like McDermott, because we've talked like Ethan and I would probably prefer that Doug plays most of his minutes at the three. Will that happen with the Spurs? Like that's a very different question. So what are your kind of thoughts on like the small ball movement and stuff like that? And just even though there's guys that can play the four, like you can play Keldon there and you can play yeah. Doug McDermott there. Like, is that something that the Spurs should be building their team with that idea in mind? Um, I I think it's no question that you put Keldon at the three, but then the conversation opens up to who you put at the four and the five, and it will forever haunt me now that uh, you know, I was looking forward to coming on the podcast and my first opening moments, I call him Jacob instead of Jakob. <laughs> um, good. <laughs> but uh it's okay man sometimes you're just like in the moment and you're stressed and stuff like that happens so i hope that's not a bad impression of me oh, but good. uh oh, you're good <laughs> uh but i think the I, I think it's no question you put Keldon in at the three but then the conversation opens up to the four and the five again and that that's like okay well do you play doug at the four well if you play doug at the four then where's you make eubanks and salmon gonna go um and I think that, again, you can kind of coach Samanik to be that five, and I think uh, Jakob could take a back seat. He doesn't have – again, he doesn't have the height, but we literally just talked about that. So um, I think you can put Samanik at the five, and then it would be a conversation of Eubanks versus McDermott at the four uh, that y'all have talked about. Um, and then uh, I think Doug McDermott, uh, I know some people are like, uh, you know, he should get more minutes. He shouldn't get uh, as many minutes. And I think Doug McDermott playing uh, kind of the same position as Keldon, where he can be a guard or a forward, I think he will still get the minutes he needs because he can, if Keldon needs to take a break, then Doug McDermott can come off the bench and play Keldon's spot. If Eubanks or whoever plays the four needs to, to take a break, then he can also go in at this that spot. Again, he just like Keldon, he can play the three and the four, and he'll still get his minutes because he'll be playing, uh, he'll be able to play either position. But I think it's smarter to put Keldon at the three uh, and then uh, kind of 50 50 on McDermott or Eubanks at the four. And I think you can put Samanek at the five, or you can even argue Eubanks versus uh, Samanek at the five. But I think Sam uh, Luca is better at the five. So, hmm. uh, do you want to go, Jude, or do you want me to go? You can go ahead. Okay. Can you tell me again what the question was exactly? Oh, I remember now. <laughs> so it was just it was just basically talking about like should yeah. the Spurs build with like this small ball stuff, or should we be going for like you know more traditional height because the other thing that we've talked yeah. about is it's not necessarily that like the league's getting smaller it's just that like more like taller players are yeah. playing yeah. like guards i i thought the question was should Keldon start at the three we should definitely get more height i thought the question was could Keldon start at the three so that's what i talked about but go ahead ethan 
Uh, well, first of all, yes, I believe that Keldon Johnson should be at the three rather than the four. And my reasoning, I've said it pretty much every single episode that we've done. Yeah. He, just gets, he just gets beat too often, not because he's not strong enough or he's not playing hard enough. It's just because guys are taller and longer than he is. So he's not going to really win the rebound battle and he's not going to consistently win uh, the battle in the paint. Um, yeah, so that's that's my answer to that question. And moving towards small ball, I that's kind of like what what I was going off of. Just also to jump in for a little bit, didn't mean to interrupt you. Go for it. But but like when I was saying earlier, I, that's why I did include. Like I was asking you about like Keldon playing at the three and or playing at the four. I was just saying that it seems like there's yeah. this influence of now we're playing players who would traditionally play like the three or the two that's what Keldon would have traditionally played right um is now now he's a guy because he's big you know he's 220 pounds he can play the four or like a Doug McDermott right in the past would have never been playing the power forward position you know yeah. when when yeah. in 2013 the 76ers were drafting Nerlens Noel and Joel Embiid and they wanted to play them together like you know what I mean like that that's kind of what I was going at so yeah, uh, I think the small ball question has kind of evolved over the past couple of years because originally small ball, the reason you did it is because there were no power forwards or centers that could shoot threes. So basically you would just put a three guy that was like six seven at the four spot and let him shoot like a Ryan Anderson or for a little bit a Draymond Green, even though his three-point shot is not you know, the best in the world, but he was still technically a small ball four. Uh, but now it's different. Because there are guys that are 6'10", 6'11", 7 feet tall that play power forward and they play center, but they can also shoot. And at the same time, they can move their feet like a guard. So it's not, it's not so much just like height that we're talking about. I think small ball mostly has to do with what kind of offense you want to run and how you're going to be able to defend a lot of these more athletic fours and fives. Because, you know, as much as we love Shaq, Shaq was never going to take you off the dribble at the three-point line. But, you know, Joel Embiid has that ability. Giannis Antetokounmpo has that ability. You know, so that's what we have to figure out. And so that being said, your, 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 your case for moving Luka to the five, I could see it because he's that tall and he has those abilities to both shoot and defend the perimeter. Um, But I honestly think, moving him to the three spot would be more advantageous than moving him to the five spot. Um, I think he has the ability to just be like a profoundly oversized three man because he has all of those skills and more. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of playing Doug McDermott at the four, but the only silver lining is that he is a shooter. And like my man Tavarius said, he could provide um, some much needed shooting to a lineup that includes like a DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson or a Jakob Pertle because Mm -hmm. He's by far the best shooter on our team, other than maybe Brent Forbes, uh, who who also has an argument, has a case in that in that sector. Um, but all of that being said, this question is honestly a mute point. It's a, it's fun discussion, but we have no idea what Pop is going to do because these the lineups line- could look con- completely different. He could ha- he could start Brent at the two. He could start Lonnie at the two. He yeah. could or he he could start Kel he could put Keldon on the bench. We haven't even talked about Devin Vassell. Kelton could play the two. Like I mean, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Honestly, yeah. yeah. There's Luca, Doug, Thad, 
Drew Eubanks who could play the four spot, the starting four spot. We don't know what the starting lineup's going to be, the bench unit's going to be. We don't know if Trey Jones is going to get any playing time. We don't know if Devin Vassell's going to get any playing time. There's just so much unknown because the Spurs keep so much under wraps and we have so many new pieces. We don't know how they're going to fit together. Um, So after like a month of NBA season ends, I think we should come back to this discussion and reevaluate our opinion on it. Can I can I say something real quick just to go off what Ethan said? Yeah, of course. course. So um, just to since I talked a lot about Kelding because I thought that's what the question originally was. I just wanted to to follow up with the small ball versus our big ball thing. It's exactly what Ethan said. It's it's because you had uh, small ball like objectively. It works in 2K. It doesn't work in the NBA. And the reason for that is because... It works a little bit. Like the Warriors <laughs> version of it. Yeah. Well, well, that's the Warriors. Uh, yeah, you, but you that's know, only have, the Warriors, too. Yeah, yeah. you have Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry, but... Um, and you had some height, too. Yeah. Um, but, again, it's what Ethan said. It's like, the reason it works in 2K, and it doesn't really translate to the NBA unless you have a Warriors team it's because 2k is a game and it's programmed to where the height the taller you are the worse your three-point is and but you look at the real world and like Ethan said you have players that are uh able like they may play the center spot but they're able to shoot from beyond the arc and we were talking about Eubanks you we were just talking about Eubanks being able to do that where he's uh like his height would say around a four but he's shooting from beyond the arc, like at and at any G League highlight of him that you look at, he's shooting from beyond the arc. And so I, I just agree with um, with Ethan like wholeheartedly that, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> repeat exactly what he said, but it, it's it is exactly what he said. So appreciate you, man. <laughs> All right. So another, I mean, look, we, like you said, we haven't even, there's a, there's a bunch of comments in here. Vassell, Vassell was another great point. That's somebody we haven't even talked about. Um, He's somebody who I think will probably get significant minutes this year. That may only be like 12 to 15, but I think he's going to get consistent playing time. Um, Ethan, do you, do you think that there's anybody that's really going to play over him unless it's just our worst fears and they're just playing Al Farouk Aminu off the bench? Devin Vassell? Uh, well, it depends. It depends. Someone's going to get chopped here. So we're either going to have zero minutes for Devin or zero minutes for Luca, or they're both going to get minutes and we're going to trade away Thaddeus Young and Al Farouk Aminu and significantly lower the production from either Bryn Forbes or Doug McDermott because all of those players are taking minutes away from Devin Vassell at this point and Luka Samanich. Um So... If the roster remains intact, I guess it, it can't because we have 17 people. But you know yeah. what I'm saying. If those guys stay on the roster that are in front of those two players, either Luke is going to get far less playing time than we want him to, or Devin's going to get far less playing time than we want him to. And I, I personally think that – oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Oh, you're good. I, you're I, good. I, I saw no. you want, Yeah. <laughs> um, I personally think that's the way to go is to trade uh, Aminu and Young away and uh, focus on – Salmonic getting minutes as well and uh dude i'll let uh i'll let you go uh because i I saw you wanted to talk but that kind of leads into like a question that i had written down 
which is do you have a rebuild timeline because uh, you've talked on the podcast like you know these are our new big three but again we still have don't have a superstar and I could easily see again uh next season picking up a great big man like not necessarily like Chet Holmgren or something that would be great but I don't know obviously you don't know how the lottery is going to go and he would be the number one pick but I'm just using him as an example uh Say we get Chet Holmgren from the draft. We put him in the G League with Joshua Primo. We get a uh, – and then they develop in the G League. Then you develop another guard that's on the Spurs I- roster already, like Trey Jones, and then you have your big guy and then Primo and then your other guard, and you have three right there. Uh, but anyway, I'm going – I'm going off the rails right now. So oh, you no. Take it you're away. Good. no, you're you're good. <laughs> I just don't. I, the only thing I have with that is I just can't see Chet Holmgren going to the G League. I just don't see like if he's because yeah. he's probably going to be a number one pick. So I mean, I, maybe I don't like, see I mean, it either. Maybe but I was maybe, maybe maybe the Spurs do that. But um, I mean uh, that would be that would be insane. Imagine that it would be, be that, that would be it would, would be, be great to pick him up and just have him on the court. I think that is the way to go, but I also want him to to develop alongside Primo. And so if we keep Primo in the G League for another year, uh, then I, I want him to play with Primo and develop alongside Primo to get sort of that uh, – they may not be a Parker and Duncan, but I want them to at least have that relationship. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I guess the main thing too is the only thing also is I we would have to really suck to get Chet Holmgren, <laughs> yeah. and we and we all kind of predicted him in, or predicted the Spurs at around that ten seed. Like we don't think that they're going to be, yeah. you know, the worst team in the league. So, but the lottery is always crazy. The lottery is always crazy, and we will yeah. be in the lottery. So there's always that, you know, <laughs> there's there's we've seen some crazy stuff happen. Although yeah. it seems to only happen to the Cavaliers or David yeah. Griffin. But <laughs> I could easily see yeah. us trying to trade up, but I think us trading up would take players, which we just talked like s- towards the beginning where it's like, uh, you know, the Spurs don't typically talk about their trades and they also typically don't trade up in the draft. They just kind of go with their pick. But uh, I think it would be good. Uh, I'm Again, I'm not saying it will happen. I just think it would be a good idea to draft up this season and then uh since we already have 17 players kind of package those players to get the higher pick so that one we get rid of those players so we don't have like an overpacked roster uh two we get a higher pick and you know we we kill like two or three birds with one stone if we trade some players away and move up so absolutely all right, well, we're getting at an hour here, but I know you had some questions for us, Nathan. So if you want to ask us some of those, and we can go ahead and wrap up, um, unless you have some more questions that you want to ask, Ethan. Um, no, I'm good. Let Gingy fire away. <laughs> well, some of my questions may not may not be able to fill in this time here because there's some hard hitting questions. Like, uh, literally, we don't the- have to. Hey, this I just said this is the beginning of the end. Who knows how long the end oh, is? Okay. Because I mean, the very first episode I have from uh, on written on here is uh, 
What do you think happens when uh, Popovich retires? Like, who do you think takes the reins? Do we hire another coach from another team? Do we move our assistant coaches up since we have, like, I think, like, five assistant coaches or something crazy like that right now? We have Tim Duncan. We have um, – uh, I'm, I'm forgetting their names right now, but we have a bunch of assistant coaches. Uh, and I know Pop said that, like, oh, I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. But he's 26 wins away from having the most wins as a coach. So um, he's definitely going to break it this season. I, the, the Spurs, unless we, like, somehow, like, injure, like, every single one of our players, we're going to win 26 this season. Um, and so he'll break it this season, and we don't know when he's going to retire. So who do you think will move up? Because uh, Tim Duncan – Uh, You know, that's the easy, like, answer be like, oh, he was already under pop. He's been the assistant coach for a while. But um, I also think, like, uh, seeing him at the games, like, Tim Duncan doesn't like wearing a suit. And I think he would much rather be an assistant coach rather than the head coach and, you know, being all, like, uh, being, like, the head head, if that makes sense. Like he doesn't want to be on the spotlight. Like you, uh, even when he was part of the big three, he kept to himself. He didn't celebrate after his baskets. He was just like, "All right, that's two points. Go to the other side of the court." So it's like I, I could, I see Tim Duncan staying as an assistant coach. Nathan, I hate to burst your bubble, but yeah. Tim Duncan hasn't been on the coaching staff at all this past season. Oh. I didn't read anything about that, so never mind. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Last, but- <laughs> the last time I went to a game was, like, I, I think New Year's Day this season, and he was still on the uh, on the coaching bench, so I don't know. This season? I, what, well, he must it? have been visiting because he hasn't played. Yeah. He hasn't been on the coaching staff was since it? What, what year was this ago. What year yeah, was it? here's the it may week. have been 2020. I got man, COVID's been making some stuff blend together. I swear, but ain't uh, no last... worries, brother. Uh, I do have an answer to your question though, um, as far as who is up next for the head coaching spot. I like Alexander say Becky Hammond, but go ahead. It, I, yeah, I think it's pretty easily going to be Becky Hammond unless he decides to take his sweet time and another team offers her a job first. Yeah, because um, she's she almost got one this past season, and I thought she was gone. Um, but if she's still on the staff by the time he retires, I think it's pretty easy that she moves on up. Um, otherwise it'll just be whoever our first assistant will be. I think, I think that's probably the, the, the best bet we're going to hire within the, the company. I yeah. would say in the event that Becky Hammond gets fi- or not fired in the event that she gets hired by another team because pop wants to stick around. Um, if pop were to retire soon after that, I think potentially maybe somebody, um, that we could get from another team is somebody who is with us in the first place, like a Will Hardy. Um, yeah. I could see that as an option somewhere else. I don't think that we're going to like steal away Ime Udoka or anything from the Celtics, but um, I could see Will Hardy being kind of like a second tier option. I feel like if he got offered that job, he would take it. Um, but definitely number one is for sure Becky Hammond. I think part of the reason why she didn't take the Portland job is because I think she knows that this is going to be coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, that could just be speculation that could end up being wrong and she could be hired next summer and then we're SOL, but um, hopefully that doesn't happen. So definitely Becky Hammond for me is all as well. All right. Um, 
we've talked a lot about my my other questions like i talked about like what is your rebuild timeline who like who do you think the next leader will be we said kilda johnson i said if he looked at the the 2022 draft class um here's a good one we can this is sort of like a like a small question so if you want to end it off on this we can because it's not like uh i don't think it'll open up into a larger discussion it's a pretty like small question um i put who do you think our team to watch this season is uh obviously whenever we had Kawhi, we our main team to face was the warriors and you could also take this question a different you, you could take this question a different direction instead of like who our team to watch is you could say uh who do you think our our rival is this season like people there's some older spurs fans that still don't like the jazz you have the mavericks rockets uh texas rivalry and um things like that so who do you think our rival this year is or our team to watch is that we need to to uh basically come up with a plan on if we want to move up to the next step uh there's a few for me and it it, it seems like it's kind of a two-part question so i think our rivals this season are not going to be the teams that are like you know in the indefinite playoff contention um yeah so if that's the case, I think I mean, it's got to be the Lakers because we always seem to have a good rivalry with the Lakers and they always seem to be in the hunt for the championship now that they have LeBron James. But our rivals, just like straight up rivals this season, I think will be Houston and and New Orleans. Yeah. Um, New Orleans because they're right there with us fighting for that 10th spot and Zion's on the up and up and Keldon and he always like to bump bodies because they're both big bodied gentlemen. Um, so that's always mm-hmm. an interesting matchup. And then Houston, it's just, you know, we're so close to each other and we're kind of in that same rebuilding stage. So it's a bunch of young guys going at each other. We already saw that this summer with DeJounte and um, I'm blanking on the kid's name. What's his name, Jude? Say, say, wait, where were you at again? I was, I was De- DeJounte. Remember this summer in Seattle, DeJounte played. Is it Kevin Porter Jr. that he played? Yes, yes, Kevin yes. Porter Jr. Yeah. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Seattle Houston, battle. Houston to New Orleans, yeah. I'm with that too. I like what M Easy just said, hopping in the chat. Good to see you. Sacramento is a great one also. Um, And another thing is this whole Ben Simmons thing, because I feel like a lot of the teams that we just mentioned um, could potentially trade for him. And I know that sounds crazy, but like, it's just a weird, like the Timberwolves are in the mix. That's another team that's kind of in that area. Um, And same with Sacramento. Um, so, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't, I don't think that new Orleans would be in the mix, but who knows at this yeah. point, maybe David Griffin, one last shot to keep Zion home, bring in Ben Simmons. <laughs> I, I was going to say like the rock, <laughs> I was going to say the rockets. Cause of what Ethan said, I feel like we're at about the same level because like the rockets were like the last in their, uh, last in the conference, um, this season, but that's because like they were rebuilding and like uh trading people away and everything like that and now they're like back (laughs) so um i think uh it's gonna be us and them battling for that 10th seed along with uh the pelicans as ethan said and uh i (laughs) funny you said jude like you pointed out m easy i was about to point out m easy uh saying sacramento and then dude you're like reading my mind like uh, I was going to bring up Ben Simmons as well. Like wherever Ben <laughs> Simmons goes, like uh, say Ben Simmons, like there was a, there was a trade for, there was a trade proposal for Ben Simmons to Sacramento, which I actually kind of liked. I could easily see Ben Simmons obviously 
having sort of a chip on his shoulder towards Philly because, I mean, that one's just obvious. But then also being like uh, seeing these trade proposals to like the Spurs or like the Warriors that didn't happen and being like, y'all didn't want me. I'm going to show you why you should have taken me and like just going off against like these teams that like didn't take the trade proposal for him. Uh, but I, I really think that the team that we're going to battle it out with uh, are one of the teams that Ethan said, uh, the Rockets, uh, the Pelicans, or the Kings, because I think th- those um, us and those three have made the most changes this season, and I think those are going to be uh, sort of the teams that are in the play-in and in the talk uh, for – sort of eight, nine, 10. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, any, any final thoughts, anybody? (laughs) Uh, Dylan, I agree with you. I feel bad for the Kings players. They do have the worst culture in the world, but they do probably have a better roster than us right now. I I like paper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Darren Fox and buddy healed and even got Marvin Bagley. Think about how good their roster could have been though, because of it's been a meme for, I don't know how long about all the draft picks. The Kings have passed up on the last couple of years, but um, they've gotten a little bit better. The Tyrese Halliburton and, and uh, De'Aaron Fox. That's one of the most talented backcourts in the league. Yeah. So Um, if y'all don't have anything else, um, I'll just kind of uh, address who I am again. And uh, Jude or Ethan can quote out the show. Um, so once again, uh, my name's, uh, oh, you have it right there, dude. You're awesome. I literally was, not, I, <laughs> we put that uh, up earlier. So <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I didn't see that. Um, so yes, uh, I have my own YouTube channel. Um, I do a basketball podcast as well that goes during the on season of basketball. I don't do off season episodes like Jude and Ethan here. Uh, but it is gingy with three Y's because one Y and two Y were taken. So it is what it is. And uh, I got some during the off season. I got some videos coming out about like sort of scripted uh, shorter videos that that sort of fill in the time of whenever I'm not doing the podcast. Like what if Kawhi didn't get injured uh, drafting Josh? Why drafting Joshua Primo was a good idea. Um and what to look forward to in the 2022 draft class, stuff like that. But anyway, uh, I'm, I've been talking about myself for a while now. You're so. good. No <laughs> worries, man. No worries. Anyways, yes, Nathan, thank you so much for coming on the show, my guy. Once again, Gingy, follow him on YT. We appreciate all of you guys coming in the chat consistently. Eric, I see you a lot. MEZ, I see you a lot. Tavarius has been here. Dylan has been here. Um, and we appreciate you guys. We appreciate all the activity in the comments. Don't forget to like this video. Um, if you're just pulling up here, that really helps everything out. Um, and then also another thing that I forgot to shout out. Hit that, that subscribe. Once again, <laughs> we need to continue to shout out is Spurs Tube TV. That is where you can find myself, Ethan, and other Spurs fans um, that will be coming together as the season starts. Remember, we're five days away from training camp. Preseason basketball is getting closer. We're going to have some Spurs film to dive into soon. And a lot of it is going to be on this channel. Obviously, it's still going to be here on SSPN as well. Um, But we will be doing a lot of stuff out there. Also, tell us in the comments, which do you prefer? Do you prefer this one where it shows up the whole screen? Or do you prefer where when we have guests on, if we have, you know, the little SSPN background? Y'all tell us what you like. But Uh, anyways, uh, I was just going to say, if you're going to say 
you know, which uh, if you like it vertical or this way in the comments. Also, I would like to know personally, did, did I suck as a guest or did I do good as a guest? Comments, <laughs> you, be, you be honest. If I sucked, tell me I sucked because I want to know. I want to improve myself. So that some of y'all that are that may come over to my channel will uh, will have some quality content just like Jude and Ethan here. You know, it was a great opportunity to come on their podcast. I reached out to them, and it was it was uh, just as great as I I expected it to be. You guys are awesome. You know your stuff. So thank you for having me on. I really really appreciate it. No thank problem, you, buddy. Man. No problem. All right. Well, we will catch y'all on the flip side. As y'all can probably tell, we're in here every Thursday. Um, so just pull up Thursday at six and we'll be here. Go Spurs. Go everybody. See y'all.